This week's comment, Race and the Storm, by Jelani Cobb, from The New Yorker magazine, August 24, 2015. In April 1927, after spring thaws and weeks of heavy rain, dozens of swollen tributaries poured into the Mississippi River, pushing it beyond its boundaries and initiating the 27,000-square-mile catastrophe that came to be known as the Great Flood. The rivers breached levees, funneling as much as 30 feet of water into the surrounding areas, swept away homes, and wrought devastation unfathomable even in a region long accustomed to cyclical flooding. Bessie Smith etched the memory of the disaster into popular culture with Backwater Blues, a song written during the turbulent season that led up to the flood. When it thunders and lightnin' and the wind begins to blow, there's thousands of people ain't got no place to go. The waters wound through a south that was still defined by agricultural labor and debt peonage. Like the Mississippi itself, tumbling along a route constructed for it by a primitive levee system, the disaster followed a path that had been engineered beforehand, disproportionately affecting the poor, mostly black laborers who were anchored to the land by sharecropping contracts. In some instances, Red Cross supplies were dispersed to landlords who sold them to tenant farmers. Tent encampments, then known as concentration camps, allowed entry to blacks fleeing the storm, but required that they obtain special passes in order to leave. The black labor force was already diminished by the Great Migration, and the main concern was to ensure that blacks would not use the flood as an opportunity to flee north. Herbert Hoover, the Secretary of Commerce, was appointed to head the recovery effort. In response to allegations of racism and mistreatment, he appointed a commission led by Robert Mountain, a protege of Booker T. Washington's, and his successor at the Tuskegee Institute, to examine the charges. The report was not issued until 1929, safely after the 1928 election, in which Hoover had feared losing the traditionally Republican black vote, but the damage was inescapable. In 1932, African Americans deserted the GOP to support Franklin Roosevelt, beginning a major realignment in American politics, and Hoover's handling of the catastrophe was part of the reason for the shift. As Richard Mazel writes in his History of the Flood, also titled Backwater Blues, what happened in 1927 is part of a much longer narrative of how race, class, gender, and questions of social worth are framed through an environmental disaster. That pattern has grown only more apparent. History, social science, and common sense have made it increasingly difficult not to consider the term natural disaster as a linguistic diversion, one that carries a hint of absolution. Hurricanes, earthquakes, and floods are natural phenomena. Disasters, however, are often the work of humankind. The earthquake that struck Haiti in 2010 was two orders of magnitude weaker than the one that struck off the coast of Japan in 2011, yet it resulted in 15 times more fatalities. The disparity was largely due to the relative geopolitical and economic standings of the two nations and the corresponding standards of housing. A decade after Hurricane Katrina, the images that it produced remain fresh in memory. Bodies floating by major thoroughfares, the horrorscape of the Superdome, people stranded on rooftops like urban castaways. 
Official estimates hold that 1,833 people died as a result of the hurricane and the subsequent breaches of the levees. There is a temptation to say that the storm also swept away a particular kind of innocence about American poverty, but in the days afterward, polls showed stark disparities in how blacks and whites viewed the federal government's tardy response to the crisis and the role that race played in it. Sixty percent of blacks said that the response was slow because of the race of the storm's primary victims. Only about 12 percent of whites concurred. Sixty-three percent of blacks felt that the response was slow because the victims were poor, a sentiment shared by just 21 percent of whites. Katrina didn't usher in a new narrative about race in America as much as it confirmed an old one. In 2006, Lil Wayne, a New Orleans native, released Georgia, Bush, an indignant screed in which...